Welcome to a new episode of the Marketing Ops Now podcast series. We are going to talk about data models. Data models are the foundation for every customer experience. A good data model groups and aligns around the customer. And it's not only about collecting data in a smart way. It is also about distributing data to departments so that data scientists can analyze customer behavior, customer support agents know the current status of a customer, or marketing teams personalize campaigns. That is why data models have to be consistent, accurate, and available. So let's have a conversation about data ops, translation layers, data warehouses, data federation, and marketing operations as the driver of customer data. But we'll start with definitions. Hey, didn't we talk about that earlier in our Playbook podcasts? Hi, Scott. Good to have you back on the podcast. This time we talk about data models. How are you? <laughs> good. Hey, if we're talking data, you know, like, how can I not be good? Perfect topic. Well, I shouldn't get in your way, but talk to us about data models, particularly in, in marketing. So is it upcoming? What is it looking like? Where is it going? How does it integrate in the rest of the organization? Fire Ooh, away. And, and see if I can sum that all up in 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think, so to sort of just step back at a high level, right? Everyone agrees data is the foundation on which this all works. I mean, all the sort of sophisticated capabilities that we think about, whether from it's an analytics perspective or delivering personalization to customers, how campaigns operate, how we measure for the performance. I mean, all these things, if the data isn't consistent and accurate and available, none of it works. And so while there's often a lot of talk about the capabilities in MarTech, like the things you're doing with data, it's really important to not skip over the step of making sure that the actual foundation of data is really solid. So I think, all right, so what does that mean from a MarTech perspective? I think we can look at it a couple different scopes. One scope is just in the context of marketing, understanding like, okay, when we talk about what a lead is, what a customer is, what is that data model? You know, what are those fields? What are those definitions? In fact, in the world of like data management, people often call this metadata, right? It's data that describes what your data is. Because I mean, for instance, let's just take something such as a lead contact, or if you're running account-based marketing or plays like that, you have an account definition. Marketing has all these engagements and it's able to collect all this touch points and, you know, direct feedback from those prospects and behavioral insights. And it starts to map those down into, you know, oh, well, this is what we think the industry is. This is what we think the size of this company is. This is what we think the stage of their purchase decision is. For the different participants in the account, who do we think is the influencer? Who do we think is the decision maker? Okay, so, I mean, now all of a sudden you start getting into all these different fields and you're assigning values to them, if you then hand this record over to the sales organization, does it match their same definitions? Is this the same understanding of like, oh, well, when this field says this, that's what it means. And like, hopefully, like at some point you actually succeed and you close your deal with the company, but it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning of the ongoing relationship with the customer. And inevitably there'll be renewals or new purchases or expansion into other teams. And so now you start to hand this record off to the customer service organization 
again, same thing, like are the definitions of this account and what folks are doing and then how that feeds back into marketing, are these things all consistent? And so I think when we talk about data model, it's first and foremost, identifying these objects that are at the heart of our operation, you know, the the contact, the company, if it's going to be a deal, what is the structure of like a deal stage? If it's going to be a actual sale, like, you know, the definition of a product that is associated with that record, just getting those definitions clear, first of all, helps inside marketing. So, you know, as we grow, we're able to coordinate all our efforts. But then it also becomes really, really important for all the handoffs and connections we then have with the rest of the teams in the organization that are going to then have to leverage that data effectively as well, too. I mean, does that align with the advice you would be giving folks who are saying, what's a data model? How do I start? (laughs) Yes, definitely. I just recall I mapped out once where customer data was stored for a client and they were like, oh, we're all over the place. And here it goes. We should put everything in one system. And I was like, not necessarily. Maybe you just need to know where it sits, but you need to have your definitions in place. Any thoughts there on where should it sit and move, et cetera? So, yeah, this maybe gets us into the slightly broader topic of just what's happening with data operations across the company as a whole, because this isn't a challenge that is in any way unique to the marketing department. I mean, the entire company now, I mean, we are all becoming digital companies, all have a ton of data that we're generating, a ton of data that we're consuming. To your point, there is almost never just one system that rules them all. You know, there are, yeah, just a variety of different operational systems. And so there's been a lot of progression in the field of data ops and like the management across the entire company of our data infrastructure. In some ways, I even look at it as almost like an ecosystem where what we see is we have all these sources of data, data that gets generated, you know, when customers interact with us or respond to campaigns or they're interacting with our products or, you know, they have an engagement with sales or service, like all these things that generate data. And then a lot of data organizations, what they're trying to do first and foremost is then ultimately pull all that data down into some sort of common data warehouse, not to get hung up on the terms, but you know, data warehouse or data lake or things like this, but basically finding some way to say, all right, let's make sure we can get all the data ultimately down in one centralized foundation. And then the whole purpose of that is to be able to turn around and then make it available to other tools and teams, whether it's for like, oh, a data science team wants to see what they can explore in that data, or we have machine learning that, you know, we're using this data to feed into prediction models for, you know, what products we should be trying to promote to which people or, yeah, feedback from different segments of our customer base to more like, you know, classic business intelligence and dashboards. And now, increasingly also, it's not just that we're using that data for analytical purposes, it's that as we've collected that data from all these different sources and we've started to transform it and fit it into you know, more standardized models, we then want to turn around and feed that data back up to our frontline operational systems, like our frontline you know, CRM or marketing automation platform, so that that data isn't just for analysis, It's actually being used for us to execute interactions with customers with a much richer data profile. And so that whole cycle, I think, yeah, it, you know, where you'd started of like, okay, just how do we make sure that these things that are in different systems 
we can at least access them and take advantage of them. I think that's what this whole data ops movement is really all about facilitating. And it's just super important that marketing and marketing tech and marketing operations become a citizen of this larger data ops movement in the organization overall. And as you just said, so it's moving from first need was to consolidate it. The second one was to do analysis, reporting, and the third one is talking back to the customer, basically. That comes with new requirements, I think. I learned something about real time, you know, how fast can you talk back really in micro nanoseconds? Otherwise, the customer at the the counter is gone. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Like this this stuff is actually fairly complicated. I mean, this is like the foundation of all of modern business as we know it. So it's probably reasonable that it takes more than, you know, 60 seconds to explain it all. But if we think about that big cycle loop of data, you know, from sources and centralization and then distribution and, you know, usage and the circle of life, the circle of data, the truth is, while that's true at a very high level, abstract level. The truth is in practice, there's all these other like little loops that are happening that it's not that they necessarily bypass the larger ecosystem ultimately, but they might bypass it in the short term. There might be things like, you know, if there's certain things happening in one particular operational system that you then need to be able to make sure, like, let's say there's some interaction on the website And then you know that that customer may very well end up calling your call center within the next 60 seconds. You cannot wait for that data to take a long trip through an entire ELT pipeline into a data warehouse and then get pulled back out, you know, right? You need it to go there immediately. And so you often will see these cases where real-time exchange between systems is just crucial to being able to deliver customer experience that there might be a more direct loop for that exchange. But hopefully, if your overall data ecosystem is mature, that still doesn't prevent you from making sure ultimately that data of those interactions and what happened with it continues to flow down back into that common data warehouse or data lake. So that again, ultimately, when you pull it back out for things like analysis and business intelligence, you've got the whole truth you can draw upon. Interesting, yeah. I think. If you look at it this way, this whole data model and the way you set it up is a true competitive advantage or disadvantage if you didn't attend to it. But that's crucial, especially, I think, in the space of e-commerce, where almost every second counts. (laughs) You really have to have a data model in place. And what is your experience in terms of adoption of data models? How many companies have fully embraced it, are really doing their first baby steps? Yeah, so it's almost a little bit like organizing your pantry. Almost everyone starts out with, well, maybe not everyone. I was in college once and probably had no organization whatsoever to my pantry. But, you know, I mean, like you can start out with, oh, yeah, well, I put these things on this shelf and these things on another shelf. You do a once a year cleaning or something like that. But then like, yeah, if you aren't really paying attention to it as you're removing stuff, as you get new stuff at the store, you plug it in, it starts to suffer from, I guess you'd call it entropy, right? It starts to, you know, degrade. And I think you actually see that in a lot of marketing organizations, that at some level, they have a pretty clear idea of saying like, okay, these are the core definitions of a customer record. These are maybe the core definitions of like deal stages. This is the core definition of how we think of an account. 
But then they start to do all these like one-off things of like, oh yeah, could we just add this custom field here? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to use this code for this field that I know means X, but nobody else knows what the translation of that code is to. And so it starts to get to a place where, yeah, the overall record, maybe 30 or 40% of it is a clear model. And 60% of it starts to become like this random craft that some people use and some people understand and some of it's maintained and some of it isn't. And I think you just have to get, I mean, this is, again, this is where the value of a marketing ops team really comes in is to be that disciplined curator of saying, no, you, you can't just add these random fields all over the place. or you can't just change these definitions on this. We have to have some sort of centralized management of that so that, yeah, we, we are all able to speak the same language. Yeah, it just reminds me quickly of one of our last conversations about marketing performance. And I've been in projects where we define the line items, you know, of when you purchase stuff at agencies or whatever. And we group them and align them around campaigns and campaign stages and customer stages. So you could really backtrace what spend you had on an infrastructural level rather than just I bought this media. And it was really a nice loop between uh, return and investments. But that all comes, that's just a small, small part of the data model. And you just mentioned 30% is probably clean, 40%. And you mentioned data ops, where marketing ops has to become probably part of. How's the operational side, the marketing ops side playing a role in this? Yeah, so first and foremost is making sure from a marketing data model perspective that there is a governance of that, that marketing ops owns this, they maintain the model, and yeah, random things don't just, it, it doesn't degrade, or at least hopefully the amount of degradation is <laughs> modest. But that's entirely within marketing. And I think, yeah, this, this idea of the reintegration of marketing into the rest of the digital infrastructure of the organization also then requires marketing ops to be a participant at the table with that broader data ops organization. And it's a combination of like, okay, what is the data that marketing is going to contribute to that larger environment and making sure that, okay, I mean, sometimes there may even have to be some translation between, this is why they call it extract load transform, or depending on who you ask, extract transform load. It's an overly complicated phrase, but this transformation idea of saying, oh, well, marketing defines a certain set of activities in a particular way. There might be a more global definition you know, across the company. And so when marketing is contributing its data into that organization-wide data ops infrastructure, they need to be able to put in place like a bit of a translation layer to make sure that they are speaking the language the way the rest of the organization wants. And I think, again, for marketing ops to both understand their data model, understand the organization-wide data models, and be able to do any translation where it's necessary, I think part of this is also, I know last time we had talked about, you know, MarTech stacks and MarTech stack maturity. Part of it is also like a standardization around tools. It's like marketing does not need to have every single thing in its stack be a unique for marketing specific tool. In fact, in the case of data, right, it's often incredibly advantageous 
for us to leverage organizational-wide tools. So like pick something like Snowflake, if that's the data warehouse, let's not go create a bunch of like other separate data warehouses that we don't have to, let's just leverage Snowflake as that underlying data warehouse technology. Or if like Looker or Tableau has been one of the products we've sort of standardized on for you know doing sort of business analyst intelligence around data, Let's not necessarily like go out and buy our own, you know, build for marketing tool on that. Let's see how many of the use cases in marketing can leverage that common BI tool. Because again, it just makes it easier that then when marketing wants to share views or queries or things that they put together with another team, you know, to be able to coordinate or speak to, you know, the larger executive organization, just everyone's speaking the same language. They can work with the same tools. There's some translation that just happens automatically. And so again, like for a marketing ops leader, like you want to think about putting your thumb on the scale of, you know, what tools are purpose for marketing and which tools are really leveraging that broader organizational infrastructure. And about that leveraging, it just occurred to me, is there a similar dynamic at play? If you look at the amount of MarTech tools, there are 8,000, 10,000 and counting out there. If you compare it, I mentioned before, I worked in, in a project for the entire IT architecture of a company and the other guy was... I was just covering marketing and he was covering ERP, HR, finance, logistics, warehousing. I was like, how brilliant are you? He said, Franz, it's only 100 tools I have to learn. You know, that's it. And I was like, okay, is that, and now I make the translation to data and the volume of data. I can't imagine that in marketing, there's maybe a similar ratio of available data that we manage, or is it, are we just tapping into something that's also very big in volume? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think we have to be careful about what is the theoretical ideal and what is the practical reality, because there's there's distance between these things. You know, hopefully we're we asymptotically seek to reduce the distance between them, but there's distance. And I think one of them is this thing of like, okay, does all data need to be shared down to a common universal data source. And the truth is, no. There's a tremendous amount of operational data that becomes highly specific to the domain in which it's used. And the value you would get in integrating that data and maintaining it as a product in that larger data ops organization, the cost of doing that relative to the value you would get of it just doesn't work. And so you kind of just have to be careful along that spectrum of, yes, we know there's some data, like the core customer data. (laughs) If we aren't all sharing the same customer data, we've got a really, you know, big problem. But, you know, I mean, like, you know, like the social interactions that you're having with an account, these might be valuable in the context of a certain marketing engagement. They might be valuable in, you know, the case of a certain customer support engagement. Does all the raw tweet data need to be stored universally in some sort of central warehouse, or maybe we're just using that raw data locally inside marketing and customer support, and then we sort of distill down to you know some sort of common record of like, hey, there was this interaction, this was the problem, this was the resolution, and it becomes a little bit more, what do they call that, like collapsing the dimensionality of it in the centralized data warehouse. You know, there's things like that, so... I feel like I'm going off on a tangent on this one. But yeah, this idea of like, yeah, not all the data needs to be federated. Not all the data needs to be centralized. And I think that's where, again, like marketing operations really has to leverage good judgment 
in like, okay, what is the data that that cost value trade-off really makes sense? Yeah, and then we're also reaching and touching the, the point of what type of data should marketing own first? And I recall this project that I just mentioned. This gentleman asked me a very simple question. said, so what is your end-to-end process? Can you break it down? Because I have, for instance, order to cash. And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I haven't found a lot of models out there for marketing. And after a couple of weeks, I came back to him and said, you know what? There's a reason for that. Because outside marketing, you think in units, we think in emotions, you know, or conversions. We have to convince people to buy. So we are talking about emotions, attitudes, behavior. And that's maybe the biggest part that we own in marketing and should own. And maybe product data and what type of product bundles we have is something that comes from outside marketing. Is that a kind of division who owns what type of data? I think that's valid. Again, I think it kind of just depends a lot on the organization. Like the more separation there is between marketing and sales and customer service, or I mean, if you're a digital product, the digital product itself, it's very different data models when, you know, there's like clear separation between these groups that works, like the handoffs make sense relative to the customer journey versus like in other businesses where the loop of what's happening between marketing and interactions, like say with a digital product becomes so tight that you need a much tighter integration of the data between the marketing org and the product org because that's actually how the business is running. And so I I think it might be a little bit hard to generalize that, but I agree with the thinking process you're going through of saying, okay, if there are things that marketing is focused on from a data model that aren't as relevant to the rest of the organization, just having clarity about that so that you're... <laughs> You're centralizing the things that are important to centralize and you're not trying to boil the ocean on things that have less relevance. Yeah, great. And again, too soon reaching the end of the podcast. But one more question. What is it that we didn't touch upon? What do you think is really important for people to know about data models? I mean, should they start working on it today or I don't know? What What is your single most important tip advice here? Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, what didn't we cover? Well, like, uh, most of human knowledge around data. <laughs> these these topics we tackle, my friend, they're just, they're, they're big topics. I think, actually, the answer is in the question that data model is probably the single most important technical dimension of what you're doing. Because if you don't get that right, it's like everything else gets built on top of that. And so if it's sand, if it's swamp, any structure you build on top of that is going to be unstable. And so people don't tend to think of data models as sexy, exciting. It's not like, hey, wow, let's get everyone together for you know a big data model presentation. Um, oh boy. But that's that that's where the work is. And I think you know, this is the sign of a mature marketing ops organization is it really places value on getting that foundational structure right. That's the word I was looking for, foundational. So thank you so much for your time, for your insights, your experience, and sharing all the knowledge with us. Once again, it was really great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Fran. See you next time, my friend.